It is 6.19 on Tuesday, uh, June 12th, I think it is, and I have no material for a new show. But we're going to put on this CD, which I found in the car I'm driving for the last couple of days for work, and we're going to see what this sounds like. Okay. Yeah, okay, all right, that's not a start of a show. But, but I, do I do have, have to, to in the next couple of days to find material for a show. I have, I have some things. I have a whole show about heart disease. I have some things. I have a whole show about heart disease, which is not finished, unedited. And I thought I'd make a show which could be ready-made almost. Because I'm out of town, I'm not in the position of sitting on the computer and getting these things ready as usual. This episode was to be called Raw and Rushed, thrown together on the go. Something that was both new and exciting, more in tune with the modern-day content creator, always on the go and producing. So I got to work, mustering up not only courage, but the will to take on this new role. First thing I did was to get out of the car in Kvolsvöllur in the south of Iceland and ask a bus driver smoking a cigarette what was on his mind. So he was on a seven-day tour, I think. He'd been driving been around with Italians. Driving around and with Italians. Okay, try to do this live. Okay, try to do this live. No big surprises, considering he'd had a long day on a long bus with a large group of Chinese tourists, Italians, the week before, and just wanted to get to the hotel, watch TV, and fall asleep. This random question seemed an unlikely candidate to fill a whole episode, though it didn't freak him out as much as I'd expected. Across the street from the gas station, there was a grocery store offering a steady flow of people, including a couple sitting in a rental camper van. So I just had a really weird experience. I was going to ask a, a couple in a van about investments. and So I just had a really weird experience. I was, I was going to ask a couple in a van about investments, but they disregarded me by saying something from the other side of the rolled-up window, which I could only assume was, no thanks, we're not interested. But the uncertainty of what they actually said was for a moment close to unbearable. To be turned down is fine, but not knowing what they actually said to me, that was hell. I brushed it off and went to the next person, a young woman who kindly agreed to tell me about her perception of the subject I decided on for the episode, though she did not want to be recorded. As I'd heard a lot about the wide field of investments during the last days, I thought I'd ask random people how they viewed the idea of investing. There is Wall Street, investment bankers, Warren Buffett, offshore bank accounts, private jets and insider trading, all popular aspects of perhaps cliches when it comes to people's ideas of the stock market. But then there's the rest of the story, which is the reality of today's economy, including investors of more modest means and shares that still make up a big part of the growth of companies big and small, come boom or bust. Money is made and money is lost over a short time period or long. Without trying, or being able, for that matter, to create a concise, short overview of the investment market, let alone country by country, I asked the woman what investing meant for her. To invest was linked with financial gains, that's for sure. And while I pointed out that the bag of potatoes she had in her hand, if allowed to sprout and then planted, would be a form of investment, she said the local tourist industry booming for the last five years, was where her friends and family invested their money. 
The definition of investing in Iceland is a bit different from the traditional idea of stocks, as here we speak of investing in a more loose term, mostly relating to setting up your own company. The tourist industry's phenomenal growth over the last years means many are positive towards the possible financial returns, herself included. But she had also found a very different investment opportunity, far from the shores of this barren island, which has less than 2% forest. The Better Globe is an investment in trees to be planted in Africa, which you buy for 17 euros a piece, with a calculation of returns in 20 years, adding up to a net profit of 191 euros for one tree, something that I will let listeners dive into themselves, as my knowledge of investment is zero, nil, and my common sense might be someone else's folly. Aside from the projected rise in demand for timber worldwide, this investment is tied into an ideology of helping those less fortunate to help themselves on a continent often seen only as a receiver of aid and sufferer of poverty, though natural riches and Chinese investments have begun to challenge the approach of the West. Impatiently, her kids came running from the car, demanding their mother end the interview then and there and get going. So I asked the next person. All right, that, that was, was a great, great one. one. I, I spoke, spoke to a young, young man who came walking. Who came walking. Uh, uh, he'd invested a lot in his education for the last years, and his focus was now on establishing a career as opposed to spend more money investing in something, though he might do so later, and then hoped he'd be both a safe and patient investor. An Eastern European man near fluent in Icelandic was working on preparing a concrete wall for painting as the radio on the sidewalk played contemporary hits. Outside a small restaurant, three young travelers were locking up their bikes as I approached them and asked if they saw themselves investing sometime in the future, to which Jeff, JP and Louise replied, um, I don't invest now, but I do see myself investing at some point in my life. I don't really have the money to be uh, investing uh, right now, but I do want to eventually. I guess I started low-key investing probably four or five years ago, um, but not, not to like play the market or anything, really just as a savings like a tool. Um, I got really into it for a while and was, and was reading a lot of red... Uh, Benjamin Graham's The Intelligent Investor, which is this massive book about how to really analyze a company. And basically, as I was reading it, I was realizing, like, wow, okay, I'm realistically not going to put the time aside to do this. I mean, it's a part-time at least job to do it right, I think, to analyze companies and really basically not be gambling, from what I understand. And that's what's really cool about the book, too. He's pretty honest. And yeah, it, it's been cool. I've been doing it for four or five years, and it, it shows you how much it's gained and whatnot. And it's, it's significant enough to, to be very important, I think. Because I'm also a self-employed musician, so at the end of, you know, my quote-unquote career, whenever I decide to be done with my career, um, I would like to have quite a bit of savings to live off. I've had the same. I've fallen into the same trap several times, where I, you know, get stoked about investing, and I hear about a company that's going to do great, or I hear about Bitcoin and they're blowing up, and I go, oh, this is so cool! I'm going to make, you know, a hundred percent profit on something, and I put a bunch of money in it. Not a bunch. I, you know, I put like a few hundred dollars in something here and there. Um, 
They spend all those like uh, like candies, those treats that pop up have been continually disappointing. Last one. Is this the biggest investor in the group? <laughs> I've actually always been just time. like naturally inclined to not invest and like it's never been something that's interested me. I've never been interested in learning about stocks particularly or anything like that. Like I would be really cons I'd be really if I was going to invest, I'd want to like do a lot a lot of research into the ethical policy of like what I'm investing in because I know that a lot of like most banks for example like invest in the arms trade uh, yeah I I've never just I've always just like worked and money and like spent it on what I want to spend it on in, at the time yeah. or like what I, if I did have like a bunch of money to invest I would mostly just want to put it into like creating my own thing and like okay are we on to something do you see in the future, are you going to start your own company, or is that? Uh, maybe, uh, yeah. I'd much prefer doing that than like giving it to some other company that like is just playing with my money. Is investing, or do, is it a phenomenon that you that you sense around you? Um, in my well, I mean, Jeff and I are married, and he invested in some Bitcoin, like and other cryptocurrency, um, like earlier this year. But then, kind of, we just like we pulled out of it. Um, and a friend of ours is also doing like a few friends that we know have invested in that and then as far as the rest of my friends like no one's investing as far as I know other than like into their own companies which I might work for at the start of our conversation I told them that my last question would be what they would do if given $10,000 each no strings attached but only that they had to invest it somehow so yeah, I thought about it. If someone handed me $10,000 and wanted me to invest it, it would depend on if they wanted me to make the most money back or if they wanted me to follow my passion or something with it, you know? Your money. You no, found it on the street. Have I found it in a kind briefcase? Briefcase, you know, mafia money. Exactly. I would personally invest it in, you know, something more small, you know, uh, like a smaller business, um, something that I actually care about, or maybe some kind of co-op kind of thing where, you know, cause like in the town that we live in, there are a lot of things that I wish did exist. Like we, we rock climb, but there's no climbing gym. So I might invest that money in with others to get a climbing gym started. I would stick it in my S&P and 500 index and let it grow and help to pay for my kids' college one day. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd probably invest it in, like, yeah, starting something cool, like a climbing gym or, like, another, um, like, charitable organization that could actually do make a difference, or both. Yeah, something like that. With Jeff, because it's, like, Cause we share money. <laughs> <laughs> it is a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> so you have 20,000 between the both of you. Yeah, then we can start. Yeah. So I think final question, you're investing time and, and you know money to be here in Iceland biking. I'm not going to ask you where you're going. What, what are you getting from that investment so far? Um, we're getting stronger. We're having a great time. <laughs> yeah, we're investing in life and vitality and uh, personal happiness. <laughs> and memories. And memories. Yeah. yeah. Worth a lot. And good but yeah. expensive food. <laughs> <laughs> I walked back. Past the wall being fixed, asked the young man what the most valuable horse in the region was these days, and got the answer Stormur from Herredarhotl. 
The question came randomly, but from the fact that Icelandic horses, when bred and trained successfully, can prove a good investment, and the sale of horses out of the country was 1,485 horses in 2017, while 1996 saw a record number of 2,841 Icelandic horses sold abroad. Another way to get returns from a horse, a very good horse, is to sell its sperm for others hoping to breed the next champion, of which Orri fra Thuvu stands out, making a small fortune for his owners by fathering offspring in the thousands. I then got into the company car, which, like all cars, is in itself a bad investment regarding its quick drop in value, but part of the larger equation that to make money, you have to spend money. And with that, I drove away from Kvalsvöllur. The day after I sat in the car, waiting to be signaled onto the car deck of Herjolvur, a 3,700-horsepower ferry built in 1992, docked at the infamous port Landeerhub, the connection to the Vestman Islands. I had no idea why some cars were allowed to enter before others, and was on the verge of frustration when I realized that I had no idea of the system in place, and so I might just as well relax and not stress about it. The port, on the other hand, is something that many people care about deeply, in light of it having shortened the trip to the isolated island from three hours to mere 35 minutes, though a two-hour drive now is needed to get to Reykjavik. The port, Landeerhub, was opened in 2010, the same year of the big volcanic eruption, but has since built up extremely high costs due to major problems with sand buildup from the Glacier River next to it. Roughly two billion Icelandic kroners translating to $20 million, have been spent on the near-constant removal of sand from the harbour entrance, while the total cost of the harbour and the building of a new ferry, fit for the conditions of the new port, is around 11 billion Icelandic kroners, or $110 million. Dear passengers, on behalf of Inskip and Herjolvus crew, we welcome you on board. Estimated sailing time is 35 minutes. We want to draw your attention to our cafeteria on board. If there are any questions, don't hesitate to contact our crew. We hope you'll enjoy the journey. Ask a local islander, as the people living in the Westman Islands are called, and the importance of the harbour would justify the costs, no question. Or so much I got from reading various reports and news. Well, on the mainland, the costs and nightmare scenario of a harbour next to a glacier river depositing millions of tons of sand might include a different view. But aside from opinion polls, the question could be asked whether the harbour, as well as a new ferry being built in Turkey at the moment, is actually a good investment. Local islanders are calling for a takeover of the business, which now is privately run by Aimskip, registered on the stock market, as they say the interest of such a company and those of the islanders cannot go hand in hand. Still, the cost would be met, as they are now, with a yearly subsidy by the government, roughly 1 billion Icelandic kroners a year, or 10 million dollars. The ferry sailed rather calm waters on a sunny day to the main island, Heima A, 
a constant reminder of the event that near destroyed the community in 1973 when a volcanic eruption destroyed approximately 450 houses out of around 1,500, forcing the whole town to evacuate for up to six months. Though well beyond the scope of this episode, the event perhaps proved that the destructive forces of nature can be overcome with patience and money, leading to future returns, and that, in the long run, positive changes may follow, which in the case of the 1973 eruption led to a better harbor. It was a few days later, out on the Snaifersnes Peninsula, while looking out at my hotel window, that I spotted the very different way of approaching the term investment. Behind an old white shed, far off in the distance, the glacier and volcano Schneifelsjökull appeared after a day of clouds, now radiating its well-known mystical energy, while light bulbs lit up the large building, full of motorcycles and four-wheel drive vehicles. I walked out and across the field, sun blinding me, until I entered the shade of the shed. I started by stuttering an almost incomprehensible explanation of why I'd come to this private property of the hotel owner at Launkeholt, Kjellivert, a long-haired motorcycle enthusiast who still kindly agreed to sit down and put his hobby in the context of investment. But first he told me where his interest in motorized vehicles came from. Like a lot of Icelandic boys from the countryside, uh, we are fascinated by motors and, and steel and cars and whatever runs. All boys dream <laughs> in, in a way. I'm, I'm a bit dyslexia myself, so this was probably a way of getting your skills to just work with your hands in motors and stuff. Motorheads or, or, or grease monkeys, whatever we could be called. We are a special breed and, and we like this stuff. That is the fact of the countryside. If you don't do things that are needed to be done, then they're simply not done. Everyone has a dream of some sort. When I was a kid, my thing was cars and, and motorbikes and all that stuff that can go fast and make loud noises. So uh, I'm still doing it. <laughs> it, it, it is just, uh, it, it is my passion. If you want to have a great car when you grow up, you, you, you can build it or you can get extra rich and, and buy it. But not being a rich person, the obvious way is to build it. And I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of doing it. If, if you, it's, it's a strange thing. If, if you have two old motors side by side, the third one suddenly <laughs> comes around. You know, it, it, it is, it is what seems to be garbage is, is, is to others' collection. I, I get a kind of attached to these things and, and I get rid of the stuff I don't like. And uh, like this Jeep, CJ Jeep, uh, it was something that I always wanted. And, and I don't collect any old cars than just the Jeeps. I got three of them, they're all broken down at the moment, but someday they will all be fine. <laughs> Realistically? Hopefully. <laughs> it, it, it is not, it, it's the journey. It's not, it's not a deadline. In the motorbikes, I'm, I'm more into stuff from the 70s and the 80s. 
early 90s maybe that was when I was younger <laughs> so I'm doing that now if I if I ask you to analyze your hobby your passion your dream your work on this in from the light of investment how do you see these things in terms of an investment it, it is practically not an investment as uh, as we know the word investment is something that you would put your money in if you got one and keep the value there and later you will collect the money back for some reason or pass it on or whatever if we say investment is just buying stuff then this would be more like more like buying uh, quality for your soul in a way because uh, all my stuff is at the moment not very valuable it is it is not worth much as is but the, the Jeep CJ5 is a classical vehicle and it will always sell at good price when in good condition. Same thing you can say about most Harley Davidson brands and, and classic vehicles. And, and it is like just whatever stands the test of time. You, you can say the same thing about some instruments or artwork or whatever it, 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 it is for, for some reason you, you people want to buy the car that they saw in that movie in the 70s or 60s you, you want to buy the motorbike that was written by that person back in the days or something like that and value goes up and down depending on on fashion and taste and whatever but it is not uh, any worse than putting your money into something else. If you would buy a house as an investment and you just leave it there, no one lives in it and the roof starts to leak, obviously the value of the house goes down. Same with a vehicle. If you just leave it to rust, it will, your investment will, will rust away. But if, if you keep your classic car or vehicle or whatever, in good condition, then you can always resell it because it's classic. That's a key word. The investment, valued at a reasonable $1,500 to $2,000, began coughing as Kiel jumped on the Kickstarter, bringing back nostalgic moments from my own years of riding a Suzuki RM250 and later a Husqvarna 410, which I rode around the country in 2004, sleeping in a tent yelling through my helmet as I rode past and through the Atlantic landscape. I will leave out the environmental costs of motorized investments, be it a car or airplane or motorcycle, as that relates to a bigger question of mobility that most of us participate in at various levels. The main focus here in this brief episode is on investments as something that we all do, whether financially, socially, health-wise, etc. It can be in any part of your life, where you invest time, energy, money, care, love, support, or whatever there is to give for something or someone to grow. I know we're standing on a knife's edge, tainting both the ideology of the hardcore money investor and other types of purists. But we all need money, and most of us want the other things of life, what we say can't be bought, but can be invested in. Now to wrap it up, 
Here are my thoughts from the last days, having had investments on my mind. Are you aiming for the bullseye? What is the bullseye for you? Stability, long-term, safe returns, as in Warren Buffett, or get rich or die trying, as 50 Cent used to say. Do you want to change the world with your investments, tip the scale, or accept the fact that the safest investments are in sugary soft drinks, computers, cigarettes, and weapon manufacturing, or check out the investment portfolio of major banks if you have any doubt? Do you trust the government more than corporations? Do you believe in the fundamental values of capitalism and the idea that your small investment can change your life? Or do you think that the market is inherently unfair, resulting in the rich getting richer with crumbs as leftovers? Is investing a dirty word in your mind, conjuring up images of sleek, ruthless Wall Street investors with no compassion for the world outside their own wealth and success and that of their clients? Or do you take a broader view, seeing everything as an investment, choosing it based on returns, financial or emotional, safety or thrills? And to make things harder, when is the right time to invest in something and when is it time to step away and give up on an investment to save yourself from mental anguish? I'm no authority and I know depth better than direct returns, having seldom stopped and looked at my life from an investment point of view. Still, we all invest in something and there might be returns. Love, health, family, money, companionship, friendship, stock, pleasure. We could go on and on and into the night, but it's time for one of Kiel's investments, the Honda XL500S. Give a brief moment of emotional return as the engine comes to life on a June evening in Iceland. Good night, and thank you for joining me in this episode of Stories from the Atlantic, and I hope you'll drop in again for future episodes. Or check out any of the other last 14 episodes. All a very good investment of your time. <laughs>